Please be seated. From Acts 1. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today we continue our celebration of the Feast of the Ascension which commemorates the bodily ascension of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, into the heavens. On Thursday at our Ascension Mass, the Paschal candle, which is no longer with us, was extinguished after the Gospel, signifying Christ's earthly presence being removed from his disciples. It is in this time between the Ascension and Pentecost, which we will celebrate next Sunday, that we pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives to empower us to be witnesses for Christ. The word for witness in the New Testament is often the same Greek word for martyr as it is in Acts 1. The literal translation of Acts 1.8 is that Jesus is telling his disciples that they will be martyrs for him. The words martyr and witness became somewhat interchangeable in the early church when the church remembered those who bore witness for Christ under persecution and were killed. These witness martyrs were celebrated and honored in Christian worship from the earliest times. When someone is a witness for Christ to the point of death, we refer to them as martyrs. And following in the footsteps of the ancient church, we remember martyrs both ancient and current at every Eucharistic celebration. It is important to keep in mind always that today throughout the world, many are facing serious persecution for their faith. Sometimes we feel that our faith is under attack in America, and perhaps it is to a small degree, but when we look at Christians in the other parts of the world, we begin to see what persecution really looks like. Most recently, Christians from Ethiopia, Kenya, and Syria have been brutally killed for their faith in Christ. In the ascension, Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father. This is not so much a locational reference as it is a reference to his royal function. At the core of the Christian faith is the proclamation that Jesus is Lord. In other words, he is king. He is the king of kings. The implications of the lordship of Christ in the early church is what led to the wide-scale martyrdom, particularly in the time of the emperor Diocletian, who reigned from approximately 284 to 305. For those living in the Roman Empire after Christ, so this is after the Ascension and before Constantine was one of the major times of Christian persecution. For a Christian to say, Jesus is Lord, the public heard that in contrast to Caesar is Lord. That is to say, Jesus is, to say Jesus is Lord is to say you have a new way of living your life. The Ascension proclaims that Jesus has preeminence over all things in heaven and in earth. And that means he has preeminence over all things in our daily affairs and in our personal lives. To say that Jesus is Lord is to say that he is the one to whom we pledge our allegiance to. 
He is the one we pattern our lives after. And he is the one whom we put our hope and trust in. The ascension of Christ is the culmination of his earthly ministry, where he ascends back to the Father as the one who conquered sin and death, and with his full humanity intact. And in his current state, he is a picture of our ultimate hope. It was at this point that the Father hands the kingdom over to the Son, and Christ's kingship has its definitive start. As St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, Christ must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. When we celebrate the ascension, we commemorate Christ's enthronement as Lord, as King of Kings, and we realize that all earthly kings, all earthly rulers, philosophers, and teachers are subject to Christ. We are called to be witnesses, but how? We must remember that the ascension is what makes the Great, great Commission even possible. We tend to fall into two errors when we have this desire to be a witness for Christ. We'll either run around like busybodies trying to figure out what are the best programs we can implement to make our church cool and attractive to outsiders, and, though these and through these evangelism efforts, we end up creating anxiety in the name of evangelism. We have a hard time resting in the power of the ascended Lord. But the other danger is that we fall into laziness. Because Jesus is Lord, we sometimes just see ourselves as mere passengers. But Jesus has called us to follow him actively and to participate in his mission, not to stand idling by expecting others to do our work. Now that he has ascended, we as the body of Christ are his representatives in this world. How can we be Christ for others? How can we, through our various vocations, represent the love and compassion of Christ to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our students, and perhaps to our clients? It is our vocation and our commission to be his ambassadors, and that means to be a living witness to those whom God has placed right around us. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The angels could have said, what are you standing around for? In St. Matthew's account of the ascension, Jesus' last words to his disciples are a confirmation of his lordship as king. He said, all authority has been given to me. In other words, the Father has given me the kingdom, all power. And then he told his disciples to make disciples of all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Trinity. In other words, make disciples of all kinds of people, all kinds of friends, co-workers, and clients. And stop gazing up into heaven, for you have work to do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.